Well, the title of my sermon this morning is The Smell Test. <laughs> the Smell Test. How many people smell things before you eat them? Sort of. Uh, how many people smell your clothes before you put them on? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> How many people, I don't think anybody smells their socks, but you know, <laughs> but the smell test, and why is it that we smell things? Well, it's because we want to know, you know, I always smell the milk. <laughs> you open a milk container, it's like you got to turn, nope, you got to take that first whiff, you know, because you don't want sour milk. <laughs> I guess I, I, I got that from, from my mother, you know, we lived on a dairy farm, and of course, uh, our milk was always picked up every other day, you know, it was kept in a, free, in a cooler and it was transported immediately from the cow to the cooler, you know, so, but if there was milk in the refrigerator or something, there, everything had to be smelt, especially meat. My mom would always smell the meat, you know, and um, it isn't, <laughs> we never had time for it to, you know, they went to the butcher, took a, you know, took the cow to the butcher and brought it home and we wrapped it all and froze it immediately and it was always a big deal to see all this meat, you know, and then we'd, we'd um, immediately wrap it and put it in the freezer. So it was, isn't like something like that would go bad, it was just that you always had to smell it. Well, in order to pass the smell test, it, it, what is it, olfactor, olfactor gland, whatever in your nose, it's the olfactor, and that's what your smeller is, okay? Well, I, I often think, well, dogs, the bloodhounds, you know, how that they can smell. They, they say that a grizzly bear or a bear can smell a carcass eight miles away. You know, those um, vultures that fly in the air, you see them circling and whatever. All, what they're doing is not only looking, but their ability to smell something decaying is just, you know, phenomenal. So we, we have different ways of being able to follow a trail. <laughs> we have different ways to uh, find out if someone who hasn't had a bath in a very long time is occupying a space in front of you. And uh, it's just different ways. And so sometimes smell is annoying. Sometimes smell is stinky. <laughs> and sometimes smell is perfume. It's fragrant. And, there, and everybody has a different fragrance, and everyone has a different, what you would consider a good smell, you know? There are different colognes, there's different perfumes, because different perfumes interact differently with your body chemistry. So, you know, I, and I'm not doing a whole sermon on uh, perfume and body chemistry, but the idea is that who we are and our chemical makeup it is very important as to how we smell. Well, I, I, took, I made a couple of trips to Africa, and um, one trip on the way, you know, you, you go to Africa, and, you know, you, you eat differently. You eat different spices. You eat different foods, and you don't eat any vegetables over there. <laughs> you don't eat anything that can't be cooked uh, because you don't know where it was grown in or what it was grown in. But anyhow, you had a different, from the pores, you had a different 
smell. <laughs> you couldn't scrub it away because if he, you ever smell somebody, you know, you have, and have garlic? Oh, they have garlic breath. But sometimes people have a garlic body, you know. <laughs> it just permeates their pores. Well, you know, so when I ate, you know, when we came back from Africa, of course, we got off the plane and my wife says, you know, you stink, <laughs> you know. And it, it wasn't only that I had been 24 hours on a plane, but it was that there was just this from the food that we had eaten and the different uh, herbs and things that they had placed in the, in the food that, you know, it just was different and you had this different smell about you. Well, what is God's smell test? Hmm. What is God's smell test? Well, in 2 Corinthians 2.14, and I have this, it's not in, I'll be reading it in the Message Bible in a minute, but you can just leave it up there in the message. I have it, the English Standard Version. It says, uh, but thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumphant procession and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. So we have an aroma <laughs> that follows us everywhere. You know, in the cartoons, I always like the, what is it, Pepe Le Pew? <laughs> Maybe some of you don't know who Pepe Le Pew is, but he was in the, in the Warner Brothers cartoons. He was the skunk. And as he would, as he would uh, process or walk down through things, there would always be these lines coming off of him representing his odor and uh, the skunk smell. Well, what we have is that wherever we go, there is a fragrance of the knowledge. Those don't go together. We have the fragrance of the knowledge. We would think that knowing something has nothing to do with smelling something. But in reality, the knowledge of God in our lives creates its own aroma. <laughs> it creates its own way uh, uh, that people are able to smell. <laughs> and, and the word in, um, in the Message Bible is, I have a little later, it's redolent, R-E-D-O-L-E-N-T, redolent. And the word redolent for this aroma means uh, fragrance reminiscent of something a fragrance reminiscing of something. So whenever we are thinking about how much that God loves us and that we are the fragrance of the knowledge of God, that there is something about us that people have a reminiscent, a reminence of what God is like. And we say, well, where did that come from? What well, was put inside of us at the very beginning? God breathed into us the breath of life and we became a living soul. And so inside of us is, is God. And there are people who, you know, push it aside and, you know, things like that. But inside of us is this, this breath of God and people who have tried to squelch and push aside that breath, push aside that life, God has been able, he brings it to their remembrance. that something smells familiar about this. And you see, it is the knowledge of God that we have that helps us to understand this. You think, knowledge helps me to understand smell. <laughs> well, when we know something, whenever we have faith, whenever we believe, whenever we pray, whenever we have these thoughts about God, whenever we are worshiping him, there is a fragrance a sweet-smelling savor, an offering that goes up to God. 
And God considers it as, it, this is, the, the, it's, it's um, a fragrance, a, a beautiful perfume as it were. That's a hard word, isn't it? Beautiful perfume. It is a perfume that has an aroma about it that God loves to, ha- loves to smell because it is, it is us being, allowing him to permeate our pores. It's allowing God to permeate our thoughts and our voice and that our breath and our actions. And all of these things are as, as a, can you imagine, you know, we think of the body of Christ as being, you know, different parts, the fingers and the, the nose, the eyes and the feet and the hands and the mind, the eye, the ear. We think of it in that context, but also we need to think of it in, in the idea of an orchestra, <laughs> And every believer, every believer is an instrument. Every believer is part of the chorus and part of the music. And, and that we are all in the symphony going up, to, rising up to God. But sometimes we just like to isolate ourselves into this little island. And I'm just a flutophone <laughs> blowing wind. And it doesn't make a bit of sound. And it doesn't matter who because I'm always stuck by myself alone. But you see, we're not. We're not alone in this. I remember my grandmother. Uh, my grandmother was uh, 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 a Pentecostal preacher, <laughs> you know, and uh, she would, she would only, she, would, she didn't pastor, but she would have special services and things. But one time she talked about this one very special evening that, uh, that she, they were ministering in, she was ministering at. And while they were there and worshiping and the move of God was just very much moving upon the people, there was this beautiful fragrance <laughs> that came into the room. And there was the fragrance, and it's called, and they all believed because it wasn't, it wasn't something that when, the place, when they started, but it was during their time of worship that this fragrance came in to the, to the church, to the building. And it was, it was like they, they said they, they thought it was the fragrance of the Holy Spirit. Now, this word fragrance, this word redolent, is fragrance reminiscent, reminiscent of something. <laughs> so when they had this fragrance about them in this, in this building, in this, uh, in this worship, place of worship, it was reminiscent of something. It reminded them of God. And it wasn't just one or two people. It was the whole assembly. And they, they had this fragrance that they, that they all smelt, and it was like, oh, my, what is this? You know? And it's like, do you smell that? Yes. What is, and it was like this. And she would often tell that story about that meeting in which the fragrance of God. You see, and the knowledge, hmm, the fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere. So whenever we are living our life, there is a perfume, there is a fragrance about our life that sets us apart, that reminds people God is here. God is with us. And you know, we don't have to say something, we don't have to do something, we just need to be there. And be there in doing the things that we do so well, which is whatever our talent is whether it's smiling or talking or hugging or saying hello, whatever it is, there is this fragrance there. There is this knowledge of what God, of who God is, and it's all about us. 
And we not, we, you know, sometimes you ever, you know, you put on, some people put on cologne or perfume and you think they took a bath in it. <laughs> you know, you can't, some, some colognes, I can't breathe. <laughs> I, get in, I get in a place and somebody has that on, I have to leave. I mean, I get, oh, oh, I can't breathe. And you think, why would you put so much on? Well, be, probably because they put it on and they can't tell. They don't know that they're overwhelmingly doused with this stuff. So we find that, you know, when people, you know, so for us, I believe it's like we're used to the fragrance. <laughs> we're used to allowing God to be part of us. And what we need to do is get a good dousing of it, you know, and get everybody all choked up and, you know, they're dying and say, yes, that's God. <laughs> you smell it. Oh, you stink, brother. You know, <laughs> but, you, but we see how that we can, how that smell can bring us, allure us, or repel. <laughs> and God is wanting us in the knowledge that, that through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of God everywhere. <laughs> the fragrance of the knowledge. Figure that one out. <laughs> the fragrance of the knowledge. So our fragrance and talking about God bring together and understanding in one spirit. You know, um, the Bible says that God will make, he will make, we will be, he will, he will be made known by the senses. So that whenever we are able to see and hear and taste, smell, touch, that God makes himself known by the senses. So we're not just some one, one sensory, sensory, sensory. We're not just one sensory perception of God. We're not just knowledge. It's all head. It's all in your head. There's some religions, it's all in the head. You know, everything else is dead. Well, not the God Jehovah, the, the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. That, the God Je Jehovah, is the God with the sensory perception. I'm able to smell and feel and touch and understand that God is with me. Paul, in Philippians chapter 4, verse 18, says, and now I have it all. And he's talking about the offering he receives. And keep getting more. The gifts you sent with Ephroditus were more than enough. Like a sweet-smelling sacrifice. Roasting on the altar. Filling the air with fragrance. <laughs> pleasing to God no end. You can be sure that God will take care of everything you need. His generosity exceeding even yours in the glory that pours from Jesus. Our God and Father abounds in glory that just pours out into eternity. You see, but my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory. That's what we're used to saying. <laughs> That's what I'm used to quoting. But it's, it's different. It says like a sweet-smelling sacrifice, roasting on the altar. God isn't smelling roast beef. <laughs> Do you ever hear the, ever hear the, the that's a joke, jumping right in here, it's very, this guy, he was, he was raised in, he was living in a, a community that was all, they were all Roman Catholic, and so on uh, beginning of Lent, everybody, you know, uh, Roman Catholic have to eat fish. Well, uh, this guy would always have steak, <laughs> and so his friends would come over and say, you know, we can't, we can't take this, we got to get this guy converted. So get, take him into the church and into the priest, and the priest says, you were born a Baptist, 
you're raised a Baptist, and now you're Catholic. I said, okay. So the next year, everything was set. They're all set, and they're all out there cooking their fish, and this guy's out cooking his steak. And they come over, and they said, you know, you can't eat this now. You're, you're, you're a Roman Catholic. You cannot eat meat on Friday. He took out his, his, his uh, spatula, and he says, you were born a cow, you were raised a cow, and now you're a fish. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, what that has to do with the sermon, I have no idea, but I thought it was funny. <laughs> it's all God's fault. That's a fragrance, you know, thing got me going. But um, <laughs> with a sweet-smelling, fa- um, sweet-smelling sacrifice, so the altar, you know, the things that were offered on the altars, you know, we don't use incense and we don't use those types of things, you know, fragrances and things. But they were very much used in the Old Testament. They were very much used to the wheat offering and the burnt offering, the grain, you know. <laughs> it was, uh, uh, the one, one preacher, his wife would burn everything and he'd always go home and say, oh, it was a sacrifice to God. <laughs> burnt the whole thing. Uh, <laughs> but there is, this, there is this, in our understanding of things, it doesn't seem like much, you know, burning animals and things like that. But it wasn't the smell of the animal. It was the fragrance of obedience. And that the obedience of taking the first fruits of your grain, the first fruits of your harvest, the lamb, all these things in obedience to God's word, though that, those acts of obedience were as incense, were as a sweet-smelling fragrance. So in our lives, we know that we don't get to heaven by doing good works. You know, but our good works that follows our life and the things that follow us is a sweet fragrance unto God, which is our obedience. And so God is about how that and our service to God is about our worship. And that is a fragrance to God that we are and our song of praise to God can be our thanksgiving. You know, we find that um, wherever we are at in our life, we need to remind ourselves that this is not where we're going to stay. Where you're at in your personal development, where you are at in your own personal growth, you may be nailed to the floor. I know Bob, would, uh, Bob was a carpenter, still is, he just doesn't hammer too well. But uh, he would talk about that they would, if they were going along hammering things, that they would sometimes nail people's shoes to the, to the roof or to the floor, especially when they weren't paying attention. Right, Bob? Yeah, Bob never did that. No, but other people in his, his workforce did it. But Bob never did those things. He was an observer of that. Well, in our spiritual life, we are not nailed to the present. You're not nailed here. This is just passing through. We're tenting. We're tabernacling. We are passing through that, that graduates. Graduates? You guys... This is just the beginning. You know, you felt like you were nailed to school. <laughs> My feet are nailed at the school. You know, and you've been there for 12 years. <laughs> Your whole life is about going to school. Well, now it's going to change because you're going to go to a new school. And one of the things is that um, somewhere in this I have about pruning. 
And pruning is where God cuts away certain things. So you have been pruned from your schools, your high school. You've been pruned. You've been pruned. And you've been pruned, cut off, cut back, so that you can grow new things, new growth. And you're going to continue to grow, going into college. And go, it's like things are going to start spreading out and going different places in different ways. And all different opportunities are going to arise. And some of them will not be healthy. <laughs> some of them will not be good things that will come your way. And you're going to have to learn not to wrap yourself around those things. Because there's temptations everywhere to destroy the vine, to kill the root. But you see, God has a root in you that what you have learned by being in church and receiving communion, what you have received from accepting Jesus Christ as your Savior and forgiveness is something that can never, that's something that can never be taken away from you. Now, there's a story of this young man. He was, uh, he was a young athlete in, in high school, and he had gone to a church uh, camp he had never been to a church camp. He was invited by one of his friends, and he was a very competitive person. And he got to camp, and the first thing he saw was this big trophy. <laughs> he had a trophy that they were going to give out. He says, I'm going to win that trophy. He didn't know what it was, but he was going to win it. Well, to win the trophy, you had to memorize the most scripture verses. Hmm. So he was going to win the trophy. He, he memorized the most scripture verses, won the trophy, and went home, never went back to church. But... When he was 22, 21, 22, playing football, he, he encountered a severe injury that he was hanging between life and death. And while he was there on his deathbed, he remembered those scriptures. And he started to quote the scriptures he had learned at camp. And it was there that he found life and the life that he risked trying to survive came back to him, and he found Christ. So the word of God that is in your heart and life, that word is a root system that can never be destroyed. It can never be taken out of you. And whatever, whatever you find yourself, wherever you find yourself, the word of God is there to give us a sense of direction, to give us a sense of what we are to do or stand still or to move forward or to believe that all things are possible, to expect God to do great things in our life. And that expectation, is a fragrance. <laughs> it's a fragrance to God. So when you praise God beyond your feelings, this is from last week, I liked it. <laughs> when you praise God beyond your feelings, that's when praise becomes your faith at work. When you praise God beyond your feelings, that's when praise becomes your faith at work. When I give thanks and all things give thanks, it is that I am thanking God because he is going to work in my life and my faith is at work when I'm saying, thank you, God, for this moment. <laughs> thank you, God, for where I am. So, graduates, <laughs> what one thing, <laughs> all of us, when you look back at where you graduated, when you graduated from school, high school, 
what one thing do you know now you wish you had known then? What one thing do you know now you wish you had known back then? And (laughs) we always try to impart knowledge. (laughs) We always try to give something, a gift, whatever, it's going to help do the rest of your life. It's very hard. But one thing, the choices you make for God will never disappoint you. (laughs) The choices you make for God will never be disappointing. You may not understand them, you may not know why you do it, but there is this still small voice in your heart that will say, don't go there. There will be this smell test that says, you know, I don't belong here. There will be this smell test that will say, boy, this is what I need for my life. We must pay attention because God is in us, each of us, as we have accepted him and his spirits inside of us. We need to be aware that when our heart is jumping and it's a fearful, like, I don't belong here, we need to move away from there because that's not where we're going to find life. Because the root system in us is eternal. And our destiny, our home, is eternal in heaven. And God, we have our plans, but God will direct our steps. You've got to make your plans, but we'll have to allow God to direct our steps. Things that we think are beyond us, I get, for, that's another thing I would say for myself. If I were thinking... Things I thought were beyond me were not beyond me. It took me a long time to figure that out. Because I, you, know, you look at yourself and you say, well, this is ordinary. But when God looks at you, he doesn't say that's ordinary. He says that's extraordinary. Because what he put in you is different than anyone else. And he, God, will work through his spirit and his word and through the circumstances of life to help us become that person. And you have a head start because you have God in your life. That makes all the difference in the world. He will never leave you. He will never abandon you. He never has one negative thought about you. He wants only the best for you. He desires only the best. So as we look for this, look for the smell test, Look for the heart peace test and know that nothing is beyond your abilities when God has given you the dream. Shall we stand? (laughs) God, we want to dream big dreams. (laughs) We may think that we are in small places, but God, that has nothing to do with greatness. God, the greatness of our life and the greatness of our soul is the fragrance of God that flows from us to you and that touches the lives of others where people feel that they are safe in God's presence because you are there and you are there through us. So God, you touch them in a very real way. We thank you, Lord, that we are so very special. Our calling and our life, our gifts, are so unique, no one else has them. 
So Lord, we thank you for that, the specialty of your creation, the special fragrance that only we have. And whenever we thank you, whenever we praise you, we are the sweet-smelling fragrance that arises to the nostrils of God, and he smiles at us because he knows that he has imparted something in us that is so very real, it has changed our thoughts and our ways. Help us, Lord, to look to you. Help us, O oh God, that our lives may be open to you. We are not perfect, O oh God, but Lord, we want you to be perfect in us. Help us, Lord, to be surrendered to your will, your way, your spirit, your word. Help us, O oh God, that we will make our plans, but God, you will direct our steps. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.